What's up, Playlisters? Brian from Playlist Wars here. Just want to let you know that while this show is on hiatus, both Gomez and I have separate shows that are part of the Playlist Wars extended universe, if you will. Gomez has the Sleevy G Show, which you can find at SleevyGPodcasts.com. And I have a new show entitled My Weekly Mixtape, which you can find over at MyWeeklyMixtape.com. Both shows are also available on all podcast platforms just by searching Sleevy G Show or My Weekly Mixtape. And Playlist Wars will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of the show. Hey, this is Liberty DeVito. You're listening to Playlist Wars. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Playlist Wars, everybody. I'm part of the dynamic duo. My name is Gomez with my partner in crime, Brian Colburn, with a truly special guest tonight. We have Josh Kennedy from the Black Moods. Welcome, everybody. What's up? What's up? Good up. Yay, we're here. Finally. I love this. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really excited to have you on tonight because I have made it very clear across all my social media channels over the past few months that Into the Night by the Black Moods is easily easily one of my favorite albums of 2022 thus far and i am so stoked that we are going to do a playlist and album episode on it tonight man that means a lot you got me blushing that's pretty awesome i appreciate it very much it is truly an amazing album i'm hooked so you got another fan here so unbelievable appreciate it so awesome well since 2012 the black moods have released four studio albums 2012 self-titled 2016's Medicine, 2020 Sunshine, and now 2022's Into the Night. Josh, how do you feel the band has evolved musically over the last decade and across the span of these four albums? Uh, I think we've gotten to know the studio better, which is always an intimidating environment. I grew up uh, in the Ozarks to where you're at a place, if you go to a studio with your band, you know, like I had a high school band and that kind of thing. Your first time in the studio isn't that welcoming, and you just got guys that don't want to be there anyway recording you, and it was like, get in and get out. Well, you want to know the, the ins and outs of how, why does Tom Petty's record sound so great? And these kind of things, and, and these kind of cats aren't into taking the time because they've got other things going on, you know? So um, I think from the growth from the first record to now has been us being able to be in the studio with different cats like Jim Kaufman or Johnny Kay, Daryl Thorpe, who just mixed Roger Waters' live stream last night. Like, just having these kind of different people to work with, it's opened your mind, and that's helped our growth throughout the records. It's funny, because like I told you guys, we just got off the bus. We went from Phoenix to Missouri, is where we are right now. So I had the time to listen to the records from, you know, I can't tell you the last time I listened to our, our albums, like before, you know, like in a row. And I sound like a kid going through puberty from the first record to now. It's like, <laughs> I feel a little bit better about my book. Not much better, but a little bit. Nice, nice. Into the Night was produced by Johnny K, who's produced some awesome albums from Disturbed, Three Doors Down, Stain, Megadeth, among many, many others. But you say Disturbed, he also did Hey There, Delilah. Yeah. Is, it's crazy. So go ahead, Sato. Sorry. Just... No, no, it's okay. No, please. You can interrupt me anytime. <laughs> I guess, how did his involvement impact the writing and the production of this album? We met him through our friends in Adelita's Way. 
he had done there a record or two with those guys. Mm -hmm. And when we were going into making our third record, we were on tour with those guys. And we were after Josh Homme because we're Queens and Stone Age, just fanatics, you know, just unreal. And so uh, he's like, yeah, well, I, we knew how busy Josh was and all that stuff. And so he said, you should talk to Johnny K. And he kind of nonchalantly put us on the phone together. But when Johnny K came in, he's South Side Chicago. So I've never been called a knucklehead or chump more in my life. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you, man. He would just break me down and frustrate me. And, but he brought out the best. And that's what's, what it was and what boiled down to is like, I'm get so mad, I'd get teary-eyed and, and just run out of the room. I'd come back and I'd say the same thing that I did before he, uh, it was like, no. And then he would just tell me, okay, I just wanted to make sure you believed in it as much. And then nice. that, it changed everything, you know? So you're like, as long as you're, I don't know how to say, like, believe in that, the idea you're going at enough, mm -hmm. he was behind me 100%. So he just taught me to kind of push that and to be pushed. Because he's a hard ass. <laughs> he's our brother now, so it's, it's great. Turn out great. He pushed us to succeed and and to make the songs the best we could possibly. So, and he certainly did because, like I said, "Into the Night" is one of my favorite albums of this year so far. And I, without further ado, want to dive into this album because I'm so excited to talk about it. But before we get down to business, if you like what you're hearing on Playlist Wars and you want to support the show, please consider becoming a Patreon member. It's real easy. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Playlist Wars and select whatever tier works best for you. Like we've talked about tonight, our topic is the Black Moods Into the Night. And the three of us have each individually created a mini playlist with our top four favorite songs from the album, none of which have been shared between the three of us prior till now. Throughout the episode, we'll each reveal our track ones through track fours one by one, crafting what we each feel is the perfect Into the Night playlist. After the episode, we turn it over to you, the playlister jury, to vote at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com to decide once and for all which one of us got it right. And if you simply can't decide who you want to vote for while you're visiting the site, you can also rock out to each one of our playlists to gauge how they each sit with you on a musical level. So Josh, why don't we just dive right into this and kick things off with your track one. Okay. Well, there's a lot of pressure here, by the way. I just wanted you both to know this. <laughs> a lot. You guys are asking. So just for me, right off the bat, the cure for me, which I knew when we wrote it was going to be the last on the record. I didn't expect it to be a single or anything like that. I just felt it was... Cause we went right into blasting out we, when we hang out together, it's just like boom, 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 boom. And these ideas start coming out and it, it's like, it's like the hamster wheel or it's one of those uh, bikes that the gears get away from you and they start going so fast and start hitting it in the shins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think so that's when the song started coming fast. So we, that's when we knew we should make another record, but that song for me, and again, I can't put them in any, any order, but I have the four you're talking about, but it's just so blatantly simple and bluesy and uh i don't know there's a sexiness to it and i think it kind of for me defines the record especially once you get through the because there's a punk rock essence to it we recorded in the ozarks but when you get to the cure it really sums up the whole thing and it's the run that ties the room together i'll tell you the cure was a great song i loved it it was so hard not to put it on my list but unfortunately did not make mine i do have another four great songs but it would be an honorable mention for me. 
I was me all through school. So I'm <laughs> there are nine or 10 songs that I have been shuffling to try to craft something that I could look you in the eyes with and be like, here are the four that I'm presenting. I love the cure and it just missed out to me. That song, I'm going to say this a few times tonight, but I pretty much say this all the time on playlist wars. Tom Petty is one of my favorite artists of all time. And the cure reminds me of the mojo sessions. There's this bluesy raw energy to it. Like three guys just sitting in a room, making music live warts and all. And it's so perfect. And it really captures that essence of the band that I love so much. And that is why I think musically, I'm going to talk about this a lot tonight, but the Tom Petty feel that I get from the black moods, I think is why I'm so connected to your music because I grew up loving Tom Petty and I feel it in songs like the cure. That's a, a huge compliment. So I appreciate that. That's awesome. No, I, and I like the fact that it's not on your list. So now I'm curious. Well, Gomez, let's keep this going. What is your track one? So this is a lot of pressure. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> I usually Brian's the, the gentleman who loves opening tracks, but I love youth is wasted on the young. I, I'm going to tell you, first of all, I love the music video to this. I was putting it in. It was a great video and the music. I love it. This song like is awesome. And it just pumped me up. Like when I was at work, I was just like, yeah, I'm jamming to it. And guys are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just feeling the flow. <laughs> And it's just a great song. So for me, track one, Youth is Wasted on the Young. Gomez, oh, you're killing me because I love a good opening song. I know. I, lo I love this opening song, <laughs> but there are four songs I like just a little bit more that just edged it out. <laughs> but I will echo you. This music video is friggin' perfect. Yeah, it was. For the vibe of the song. It's got this raw 80s punk energy and it feels like a video that would have been seen on mtv when i was three and four sitting in front of the tv john directed it you know i do yes yeah. so sticking with that what was it like working on the video for this song and how did you guys come up with that vibe and then more importantly did this make your top four it did make my top four by the way and then uh the whole thing was uh we met a friend of ours actually heard us playing before we became friends then just the best guy chris Ferby is his name and he's a uh, he just retired as the principal for this school in phoenix all right i guess it's chandler or gilbert uh, it's called combs high school but he was retiring and he so he asked us just nonchalantly one day he's like would you want to take over the school and be principal for a day and absolutely yes i would you know that <laughs> that is awesome because I'm always the guy at the tension. So I was like, I get to be the principal for once. So he was retiring. And so initially we were just going to do some social media stuff. And I was going to do some announcements and the guys are new this. And we, we thought, well, look, because there's a song on the record called On Non, we're going to initially do a video for, but we had the school, which had everything right there. Because normally if you're going to shoot a video like that, it, it'll take two weeks to get all the sets and be able to get locations and and the extras and all that kind of stuff. So this would happen in three days. And so we wow. together and we sat there and storyboarded it in an hour and a half. The guys and Kelly Walsh, our publicist, we sat there in our studio and we were just gonna, uh, you wanna be principal? You wanna be the gym coach? You wanna be the Spanish teacher? Uh, you wanna be the two stoner kids? And then we just kind of mapped it out. And they were so accommodating and so nice to us. And so then we 
said at the end of it, we're going to, we'll play a show. Not a show, but you know, it was the last day of school or after the yeah. So then they all, it just kind of worked out and they filed out, um, out of the school. And then we, you know, we got to deal with our little parts. But the funny thing is, is the students knew we were coming and we were doing this, this shoot, but they didn't know when. So well, we were dressed up as jocks in that opening scene and kicked the door open at the cafeteria. None of those kids, we did that three times. For <laughs> no one knew. And we looked like complete jackasses. <laughs> And some of the shots I had to tell them, I'm like, we're walking up to your table right now, but you got to take your hand, leave them out, quit laughing and look at us like we're the weirdos that we are. And we should not be here at the school dressed like this. <laughs> so it kind of, it took on its own thing. The kids got into it. So that's how that kind of came about. The even better part was when they graduated and they finished the year and they took their captioning or they did it to sunshine, which oh, was, wow. Wow. Now, when they sent us that video, I mean, my hair still stands up. You know, it's it's really something that because there's like 1,500 kids and they they really cared and they were really nice about it. And they were standoffish at first because they didn't know what the hell we were doing. Then when they saw us, it's like just treat us terribly, like you would have sent the t- and they ain't got <laughs> the song itself actually came out of just us being on the road. I think we we've been out with Ike's Day. It, it kind of ran it together because then the whole the mess that we don't want to talk about anymore. We've talked about it in so many interviews, I'm sure. No COVID stuff, but we got to the point to where we've been rehearsing and, and playing the Sunshine record out so much. As soon as we got together, it was just the first things that came out. That was the, one of the first songs. It was like, and that's just where it really came from. Awesome. Now I feel even worse because I killed a trifecta with this one. Josh, where did it land on your top four? It went on four. That was your number four, your four. closer. Yeah, I told you, I cannot put these in. This is, you, you guys can order them all you want, but you cannot tell <laughs> me you're going to make it walk. You guys know that. Yes, it's all the order that the playlist plays out. And now we're moving on to my track one. Good. This is the song that I've been talking about nonstop since you guys pre-released the single. And my track one is Hollywood. The riff has this grime to it that, captures your attention right from the drop and the groove that bassist Jordan Hoffman and drummer Chico Diaz lay down is simply undeniable. But then you add in this instantly infectious chorus that you can't help but sing along with. And you have a recipe that makes one of my favorite songs on the album. I absolutely love this track. There's this bop that's happening in the verse that goes into this soaring chorus and there's a push and pull between the two that gives it so much dynamically that I'm just taken over by this song every time I hear it. So my track one is Hollywood. I love that. It's on my list too. Really? We're knocking yours out right away. Where is it on your list? Actually, I think Hollywood is three because I know my second one is. All right. uh, But yeah, Hollywood, it's so funny you say that because it does have... Got a grimy feel to it, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And then the chorus is, is like a savior sound to me. Yes. You get this grimy, it, it's the other one that makes my hair stick. But I was listening to the Oasis documentary, not it was supersonic, it just came out. I'm like, do you guys see that at all? I, I have not yet. Yeah. Check it out because Don't Look Back in Anger is one of my favorite songs of all oh, time. Brilliant song. So the way the chorus comes in on that, it's just epic. 
but I started watching Supersonic and I, that's pretty much all I watch are rock and roll documentaries and Seinfeld reruns or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, this came on and I always push you guys as soon as I find a documentary, we're on the bus together or we're in the studio together all the time. We live together. So, mm-hmm. and so that song, we were here in Oakland, we're actually the house that we are in now. Um, we moved to our studio here and I didn't even have an idea for the song. We were just downstairs drinking bush light after beating the creek all day. And, uh, I grabbed a guitar and I disappeared in the other room. And cause I had this little, like, go and it just kind of came out of that. And then whenever Johnny K got here and we sat there and then, uh, we've all had our kind of weird times in Los Angeles to where you don't feel comfortable when you, you don't feel safe and you feel like you're kind of like, you're not with your actual friends. You're with these people that you kind of want to be in the, you know, it's like this fame seeking type of situation, but it doesn't matter. Especially when the chorus comes around and goes, that made you cool. You know, so we were like, ah, it's, you know, it's just that, that kind of thing. It really shined through us and it happened quick with that song. Cause we just started talking about our different situations. We've all been in, in Los Angeles. Like one of them, I was going out there and I lived out there for a while and everybody knew that we always were working on the black moods, but you go out there and you do these auditions, audition for Puddle of Mud or Katy Perry or these kind of different things. This is a hired gun guy, but it was never my band. And so you'd go out there and none of these people that you'd met through the, along the way. And they all knew that we ran in threes. It was me and Jordan and Chico. So we get in town. I was like, Hey, we're hanging out. Where are you guys at? And they're like, if you're in town, call us. And we're here with Columbia. And then they say, well, you can come to this. We're going to this cool after party, but you can't meet your friends. It is the most terrible I've ever heard in my life. Like what? So we've worked those little lyrics in and then, you know, nice. Well, Gomez, we got two out of three. Are we getting a trifecta with Hollywood tonight? Unfortunately, you do not get the trifecta. It's another great song. It's, oh man, I, I don't know how to say this, but there's a lot of pressure. How do we go with but I'll tell you, that's another great song. Um, this song just deserves to be on a movie soundtrack or in the middle of a movie towards the end of an action flick. You know what I mean? Like it just needs to be in there. Well, there's a Netflix thing that's going to come out at some point. So you, you called it. This is the first time. Whoa. What Netflix special? Like we got a scoop here. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about that. We just got the call, like not literally five days ago or something. The other production, the beginning of the year, but. Well, we're visiting again, so you can put it Awesome. 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 So, Josh, this is going to be an awkward part of the episode because we're only up to track two, and you're actually going to be closing out because somehow Gomez and I have chipped away at your four songs. So okay. your track two is up now. What do you got for us? Oh, uh, man. My track two is called Junkie Excuses for multiple reasons, but uh, that song means a lot to me. But uh, the way we were just talking about the songs, I kind of listened to the record. I stepped back. It's hard to listen to it like you didn't make it, mm-hmm. you know? But uh, when we couldn't do anything and we were in Phoenix, we packed our studio up and came to the Ozarks, where I'm from, and we recorded the whole record here for the most part, like, because there's the creek is right down the road. Table Rock Lake is about 30 minutes behind us, and we have boats there. There's social distancing since time began here. <laughs> <laughs> so they, all my family's here, so... It just made more sense instead of us burning alive during the summer 
in a studio with no windows to come here and and our label head was nice enough. He has a house here to let us hole up in it. And so when we'd get stuck in it on anything, we'd take our acoustic guitars and we'd go down the creek and we'd sit in the creek and just play the song over and over again if we got stuck lyrically. So with Junkie Excuses, it's pretty personal to me. I mean, with the guys too, because we're all favorites. So they we all go through the same shit all the time. But with that song, it was important. And then also bringing in the acoustic elements and that kind of thing to where I feel like you can hear the environment we were in. You can hear the creek, you can hear the lake, you can hear the back roads and the beer coolers without being too like cheesy bro country. Like, you know, they, it's like, we made a great song that doesn't uh, reference back roads or tailgates or barbecue stains or any of this kind of stuff you know <laughs> sounds like a jason aldean album right now yeah hey i'll say <laughs> and i love that i whatever they're doing is fine but it kind of it's kind of the same there like what we were going for was more of how the stones approached exit i'm not that we're comparing ourselves with stone anyways good lord please don't but the whole thing, like, look, how relaxed they were and making that record because other bands were coming out very off of blatant Zeppelin or blatant Molly Crew, And we were, you know, we could have done that, but we were like, hey, we're in the Ozarks and we're taking it easy. Let's, let's add a little bit of um, of that Stones-esque list. So that's what we did Junkie Excuses anyway. So. Gomez, does Junkie Excuses make your list? No. <laughs> did not ah! make my list. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. This is um, but again, it's another great song. It does have that awesome chill vibe too. You know what I mean? Like you said, and that's something I really enjoy. And I I love this too, because these are just the songs that I'm like, I was going across the, the album, trying to figure out what kind of, for me, button hooked everything. Mm-hmm. Hearing what you guys have is, is way more important to me what my thoughts are. So. And what's funny is on the flip of that, as the producers of the podcast, Gomez and I want to hear your thoughts on all these songs. So now we're <laughs> going to get to talk about a bunch more of the album, which I think is fantastic. Junkie Excuses, if I were to be adding songs, this would be my five. Uh, it was between this and my track three, flipping it back and forth until about two hours before we started recording tonight. But we'll get to those in a little bit. Gomez, we are up to you for your track two now. So track two. Um... This rocket ship takes off at night, so get yourself ready to fly tonight. I love this song so much. Um, Saturday night just reminds me of just a good times when I went out with my friends around nine o'clock, you know, get ready. We're getting ready to go out and just have a great time. And Saturday night was always that night for me when I knew I was going out with Brian and all his friends. So I that that's just brings a lot of great memories. It's just a great tune, too. That's the whole idea in there. For well, sure. for me, I couldn't think of any other song to close my mini playlist with then Saturday night. This is my track four, because in my humble opinion, this song should be closing out every Black Mood show on this tour. This song is anthemic and it has a swagger to it like no other song on the album. And that doesn't mean that the other songs don't have a swagger, but this one has this bombastic <laughs> nature to it that you just feel the vibe of the song it just oozes out of the speakers and you have this bouncy punch of the verse and then this anthemic chorus that gomez mentioned this rocket ship takes off at nine 
I could see the whole crowd singing along in unison at the top of their lungs at the end of the night to this song. The song's vibe coupled in with the subject matter is a match made in heaven. And it feels like a party that's just building and building up till the chorus. And once that chorus hits, it's on baby. So Josh, (laughs) in this case, for a song like Saturday night, when you're writing lyrics to a song, do you find yourself writing the music for your lyrics or your lyrics for your music, if that makes sense? Well, in this case, it was definitely, it was the music. I mean, the first thing was like, you can't deny that. So that sounds like a party or some kind of good time already. Even, you know, without the words, like, you can just hear that in music. So, so for that song, definitely the music led the way for the lyrics. When that chorus kicks in, you know, it, and that was Johnny K coming in. He's like, it sounds like a rocket ship taking off when that chorus kicks in. So immediately it was like, when do you, when's the party start? Well, usually at nine o'clock at night is whenever you decide, you know, we're going to make a move or whatever. It kind, it kind of reminds me of that scene of Dazed and Confused. Whatever. Yes. Yes. And that yes. girl is when they're pulling up her zipper with those pliers because the pick- <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's what it reminds. That's like if, if we had done a video like that, too, that's how we ripped off. Oh the- man, that would be a great video for you guys. He said it at playlist worst first. <laughs> Consider this a brainstorming session. It's the '90s <laughs> sequel to <laughs> Youth Is Wasted <laughs> on the Young. How's that sound? <laughs> it's at least quarterly. all right well moving on to my track two i wanted to take my playlist down a notch but only in bpm and i'm going with the album's lead single she gets out to me this song is soaring it's beautifully melodic and the harmonies in this song the vocal harmonies are pure perfection now don't get me wrong distinct vocal harmonies to me are one of the things that drew me to the black moods in the first place So this isn't something new that's just happening on Into the Night. This has been happening since the Black Moods began, and it's part of the band's DNA. But there's an art to incorporating vocal harmonies into a song, as well as across an album, because you could easily overdo it or underdo harmonies. But time and time again, you guys really know how to approach and craft vocal harmonies in a song and i'd like to know is that something that you guys instinctively think about with each song or does it just come naturally because of the brotherhood you guys have as a trio a little both i mean when we go into it because normally i know and and jordan's been great about it too because as soon as i sing a hear a part or sing a part i know i know the harmony right off the bat so jordan just be like you know you, you sing it and then he'll learn it and we'll play it and sing it live then there's stuff that I don't know that he's got ideas for. So we kind of toss that up and go back and forth about that. But the harmonies, I'm just lucky that they happen like that because I'm not a singer. I'm, I'm a guitar player. We used to be, we were a four piece before our, our original singer got Crohn's and couldn't tour when we started to make a record. And so we auditioned some people who didn't work out. And eventually I was, I was writing all the songs anyway. So I just had to sack it up, hike my skirt up and, and and sing the song so it worked out okay but i was really the harmony guy which i you know that's the most fun part of all you can the singing part's great but getting be able to do the harmonies like in in the studio and layering things that's the most 
Well, I'm going to say this. I know you're saying you don't call yourself a singer, but dude, you are a friggin' singer, man. You ah. belted on this album. I friggin' love the vocals on it. Thanks. So what is, now, now you got the guys like Dirty Honey and, and the Greta guys. Those guys sing. They can hit those notes. Like I'm, I'm too busy to play. Not big man. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gomez, she gets out. Did it land on your list? Actually, yes, it did. It was actually my what? number three track. All right, you guys are kicking my ass. <laughs> I got to admit, Brian, you said it perfectly. It, it's a great track. It's something that it was very powerful. You know what I mean? The lyrics, the words, everything, the harmony. It was just an unbelievable song. So track three, she gets out. All right. Well, there's two songs left looking at my board right now. I have a track three and Gomez has a track four. But before we get to that, Josh, I have a couple of questions that I want to throw into this. Sure. People who listen to Playlist Wars know I'm a massive fan of cover songs, and I try to incorporate them into the show every week in some way. So mm -hmm. the fact that I've mentioned earlier that Tom Petty is my favorite artist of all time, I think it's no surprise that I'm now about to ask you about your cover of Tom Petty's I Need to Know that you guys released digitally in 2020. I'd love to know what made you decide on this track from Petty's extensive catalog and what were you guys looking to bring to this rendition, which is friggin' awesome for the record. How much time you got? <laughs> so I'm from Southwest Missouri and a little town called Wheaton, 600 people. And so uh, my dad was in a band. And so I just kind of got the bug really early on. And I was sitting in my room and I was just playing cocaine over and over again by Eric Clapton like, and JJ Kill, which is, you know, a learner's experience, like, bah, and as I'm doing that, my dad's in the living room watching the American Music Awards. And I'm like 12 or 13, I was, I was just, uh, you know, a little kid. And the Jim Blossoms were playing Hey Jealousy on the American Music Awards or whatever the award show. My dad always like, he was like, Bub, come in. He's like, listen to this. And so it changed my whole outlook on things because the songwriting, and at the time it was right at the cusp before it was 92 or 93 or 94, what like, before it went from the where everybody was like, trying to rip off Eddie Van Halen to get everything out. <laughs> I mean, love Eddie Van Halen, but it wasn't his fault. You know, it's like, what else it came up with just too much hairspray and all that shit and then them. And the <laughs> songwriters cut me like the Blossoms and County Crows and Stunted Pilots and Nirvana and all these guys. And so I fell in love with the Jim Blossoms. So I decided when I was 13, I was going to play guitar for the Jim Blossoms. Fast forward to when I graduated high school. And my band and I had been playing Jim Blossom songs forever. The Jim Blossoms had broken up. They were playing in Springfield, Missouri, but it was the singer on his own. It was Robin Wilson. So when he was there playing, it was in a small club, far from what they just did, done with Empire Records and Falling Down was huge and all that stuff. And so I'm sitting there and I'd got my whole band tickets just to see this guy. And, he, and Robin was so miserable, you could tell, playing the club and... Afterwards, he was standing inside the doorway and I was with my girlfriend at the time. I'm kind of kicking rocks and I was pissed off because I didn't get to meet him. And she's like, how did we do you? We should get to see him. And I looked in the side door and there's Robin Wilson singing the Jim Blossoms, smoking a cigarette. And I said, if I don't say hi to him, I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. So I opened the door. I'm like, Mr. Wilson, because it's Robin Wilson. I'm like, sound like Dennis, the worst menace ever. Like, late. <laughs> And I was like, Robin, I'm sorry to bother you. Josh Kennedy, I'm just a huge fan. And I just had to say hi. And he was like, 
uh, you can't ever get by something about he was, didn't want to talk to me. But mm. I was a cute girl, so that changed his mind really quick. So he, <laughs> he comes out, we start talking, and, and my band comes around. And the next thing you know, we're just like, hey, do you want to go get stoned in our band there? And he said, absolutely. <laughs> nice. So he comes and we get in our van and we're talking. He's telling us to do everything but be in a rock and roll band. Go to college and we just weren't going to do it. But he said, I can tell you're not going to do it. And I gave him our demo tape, which he probably threw in the trash as soon as he left. I was walking him back to his bus and, and he said, hey, if you're ever in Tempe, Arizona, look me up. I have a studio. And two years later, I graduated and I wanted to get out of my little town, which is the Bible Bill, because there's no budding rock scene. And so I went to Tempe, Arizona to go to the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences, found him, and I wasn't old enough to be in the bar. So they threw, the owner threw me out, or the manager, before I got to talk to him to get his address, because it wasn't like you could Google at the time. And, and so uh, when I was about to leave school, when I graduated to move to Nashville, there was a flyer up on the wall that said, wanted conservatory student from Missouri, uh, smoking van required. And I was just like, nah, and I thought my buddies in school were giving shit. And my dad, I called him and I said, these guys, it's my last day of school. They know I went to the Jim Blossom's fan. I am. I never will get to hang out with him. My dad's like, call, who cares? You're leaving. And I called and sure shit, it was Robert Wilson. Next thing you know, I'm running their studio. I'm on tour with them for the next two years or whatever it is. And when I my 21st birthday, I went to hand off the guitars. I was a guitar tech too. And Scotty wouldn't take the guitar. And there's 10,000 people in the audience. And I'm freaking, I'm like, take it. And he's like, no, happy birthday, bro. And hook around all the blossoms. Like, happy birthday. So my 21st birthday, I played guitar for the Jim Blossoms. And wow. it was, I need to know was the song I got to do because the nights before that, I was sitting in the hotel with Scotty Johnson and he's like running the spot. He said, hey, do you know the solo? He's like, you know how to play Iron Maiden? Yeah, who doesn't? Are you kidding me? So he's, he was like very articulate. And now, like, like after the fact, I realized he was just making sure that I knew what I was doing before he threw, that, threw me that bone on the stage when I was 21 and never played in front of that crown at all. So we spent like three days in the hotel room. So that song just stuck with me. And I mean, I loved Tom Petty before that, but after that, that song was just embedded in my brain. And so there was just no other reason to not do that when we got asked to be a part of that. Wow. What an amazing story. I love that one. Man required flyer too, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> really, we've touched on a lot of songs on this album, but not every single of them. You've premiered a bunch of songs from the album in recent live shows. How are the receptions of the new tunes from playing live with everybody now? The reason I brought the cure up was because that one seems to get a reaction like we never expected. So as soon as I go, I gotta make me believe, as soon as I do that, it blows up. And we kind of, I stop and look around like, what the sh is happening? <laughs> but uh, it's nice. Uh, that one really sticks out and, and it means a lot. And it kind of affects us all in a big way because you never know what's really going to resonate and what's going to hit a chord with people. That's the best part of the rock and roll. I think, you know, exactly. All right. Well, we're moving on to my track three, and this is going to close me out for tonight. And I'm going with a song that's, I call it an infectious mid-tempo rocker. And it's a song that hasn't been chosen for a single yet from this album. I'm actually kind of shocked. And my track three is big time. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love the groove of this song. And plus as a bassist myself, 
the oh. run that Jordan plays during the bridge following your vocal run amps me up every time I hear it. And the mix on this song is so perfect because you could literally, when you're listening to it in headphones, pick out every single part of the mix. It's crystal clear. And that bass run he's doing under your vocals is just fantastic. And like I mentioned the Tom Petty thing before I catch an early heartbreakers vibe on this song yep. musically. You should. That's exactly right. Oh, I rip off the heartbreakers. Any chance I'd get. <laughs> I wouldn't call it that. I call it influence because yeah. Tom Petty was one of those guys that there's only so many chords on this earth. And to me, the vibe and the yeah. love is there. That's it. It's the mojo that the heartbreakers bring that seeps into what we do. I mean, you can't really deny that. And and that's funny you said that too, because that song's been kicking around for a while, but it definitely came from that simplicity that Tom Petty always had. And not that I would ever, ever consider ourselves in any, oh my gosh, like, he's just the king, but, but there's that vibe and that laid backness that you just, you want to do something that takes you back to that. He was so, he was great at that. And Mike Cable's great at that too, now, you know, like with the, they're not, knobs, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, that's because that was you have no idea how much I was juggling these songs around. I mean, you guys gave me that thing, I was like, Holy, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say this unfortunately, we obviously know Tom Petty's no longer with us, but we need bands to carry that torch and bring that style of music forward. And I think over the last two albums, that's why I've gravitated to the band because I feel. And I'm not saying it sounds anything like the Heartbreakers, but I feel that vibe and that love and that influence. And to me, it's a modern take on something I love so much. And I think that's why this band has become such a staple of my spins over the last several years here. No, I, I'm glad you say that. And like, you could easily like tell me that this sounds like a blatant rip off of the Heartbreakers. And I would take it as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Gomez, you have one song left. Is Big Time your closer, or are we talking about yet another song tonight? I am talking about another song tonight. Wow. So, first of all, Big Time is a great song. It does have, like you said, that heartbreakish feel to it. But I went another direction for my final track four song. And one of my favorite songs on the album was Fire and Gasoline for my track four. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I'm a Grand Theft Auto guy playing video games. This song feels like it should be in Grand Theft Auto. Like, it be right. Forget the game. Just drive with the song on. It fits perfectly. You know what I mean? So for me, Fire and Gasoline reminds me of that. It's just got that vibe. Great song. Great lyrics. Everything about it just fits perfectly. So I ended up with my track for Fire and Gasoline. Dude, Love that's it. a great pick. To me, that's got this like bluesy punk energy to it. And I know those two don't sound like they could work together, but damn, they do. Yeah. The way to cure hands and how youth starts punkish to bluesy is exactly it. Just, but yeah, Iron Gasoline. Yeah. That's so awesome. Believe me, that was almost on my list too. Cause it, that was the very first one that we wrote for the record. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That's cool. And it started out called Poor Connection because, well, the way it came about, because we're always on the road, you mm -hmm. know, and we never, Every, you know, you've seen the memes and all these, all this stuff where what people think backstage is like and what's really like. And it's everybody thinks it's like, you know, guys doing blow off of their or whatever it is. 
<laughs> actually, it's guys like standing back to try to get signal on their phone in the green room, or you know, there's no ice, or there's not anything to drink, that kind of thing. And so the poor connection thing was came from me trying to FaceTime my son and his mom were on the road, and and I'd be so pissed off because he'd get on the phone. And he was super, you know, he's four now, but he was super young at the time. And I would, as soon as he'd get on there and we start talking, it would just say poor connection across the screen. Oh, and I was just like, holy shit. Like, you have no idea. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you got kids. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah but I get so many days or so many hours with them. Like this, like this whole thing. So that poor connection that was stayed with me. And we were like, when we came back to the studio after the first tour after Sunshine, it was just this aggravation. That's the first thing the kid was like, boom. And I swear, Chico and Jordan went right in like, and it came together, like the music came together. So it also tossed around from poor connection. Like we say that a lot, maybe we shouldn't call it that. It was a quiet woman. We caught quiet woman. Like, you don't want to use that. So then it finally, because, you know, I'm all fire and gas, and I thought we, we just thought it was a cool line. So went up going with that. But but that whole thing was written about the frustration after coming off tour. and Because that can cause, a, in the, the age that we live in now, it's everything's immediate. Mm-hmm. But not when you're on the road, because we barely have internet connection most of the time on the bus. We're not at a Prevo. We're in a L.A. County prisoner transportation bus that we converted. Wow. Yeah. Which That's is awesome. awesome, by the way. It, it's, it's pretty damn awesome. awesome. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> We're not roughing it. We have a fridge in a microwave. But, uh, <laughs> but that kind of thing, it's like, so it's not as easy. And so it can cause problems at your home. We're like, I tried to call. It says poor connection. And so mm-hmm. that really, that's why that song, I think the, it's kind of, it's a little more aggressive, you know, you can feel the attitude in it. And that's mm-hmm. interesting. So I wanted to touch on a couple of other Black Moods things before we close up. And I want to go back to the Sunshine album in 2020. Alongside of the album, the band released two acoustic digital singles for both the song Sunshine and Bad News, which happen to be two of my favorite songs from that album, I should add. Does the band have any plans to release acoustic renditions of songs from Into the Night as well? I've actually been working on that. It's funny you say that because we just headed out on tour and I, that's all I've been doing. I, there's a acoustic version of Hollywood coming out and a piano vocal version, which is to go with that Netflix thing I was talking about. So, um, yeah, there's those two. And I know there's another one that I did. I was just busy. Cause we're also started working on another, like we never stop. So there's another record in the making already, which is pretty awesome, which is, uh, a good friend of ours that worked on it actually just mixed out Roger Waters last night at his live stream, which is, yeah, I haven't got a chance to talk to him yet about that, but that's pretty awesome. I just found Yeah, that. I'd say so. <laughs> I would think so too. So there's definitely some acoustic versions coming out of stuff, but when I've been overdo anything, you know, yeah, we play, uh, as long as we're in the studio, we, we've got a few other things coming out. We also did an, a Beatles cover of, uh, I mean, mine. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because he, he probably saw Get Back, right? You guys watched that. I happened to get COVID the day that that came out on streaming services. And so I couldn't go anywhere for like two weeks. So mm-hmm. I guess I watched for two weeks straight, nine hours in a row every time of that. <laughs> wow. God bless you. <laughs> uh, 
Let's see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was just, I don't know if I could do nine hours straight though. I'm such a nerd for everything Beatles or Stones. And and we just, we also worked with Eddie Kramer, who worked with both of those guys. And uh, like he's who started our record, actually. We virtually did a deal with him and he set up the house because he did Zeppelin that way. Mm-hmm. And they tracked. So uh, he's my first call to be like, okay, how do we probably make us a house so we get it? And so he politely answered and we did a song with him that we haven't released yet because he's some things. He's got some things cooking. So no, no, no. Awesome. Yeah. Talk about that later too. Yeah. All right. We got, we, we definitely have to have you back now. I think that's, that's, that's uh, yeah, definitely yeah. where I see this. Without a doubt. Yes. I know with you guys all the time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Looking into the band's crystal ball. What does the next year have in store for the band touring wise? Uh, you know, any cross country tracks we should be looking out for. Yeah, we're just getting, now we're just getting dates kind of hit that are coming out because mm-hmm. we were kind of worried for, for a minute because now that people can have shows again, the market's being bombarded. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody is going on to tours, so it's kind of like every man for themselves at this point. And so um, now that our start started to come out, we're getting shows and all that. We're just going to be on the road working our asses off. Yeah, we're just going to be touring and that's it, I think. Just touring and bringing the rock to the people. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for that touring and rock to come to New Jersey because we will be there front and center when you guys do. Without a doubt. And now's the time of the show where we're each going to go through our playlists one by one so everyone can hear the four songs that we chose from the album in their entirety because we were jumping all over the place. Josh, we'll start with you. Is it a cure? Junkie Excuses, Hollywood, Youth is Wasted on the Young. Gomez. So track one, Youth is Wasted on the Young. Saturday night, She Gets Out, and Fire and Gasoline. And for me, I went with track one, Hollywood. Track two, She Gets Out. Track three, Big Time. And closing it out with track four, Saturday night. No trifectas tonight. We were all over the map on this one. Unbelievable. Playlisters, now we turn it over to you. Head over to PlaylistWarsPodcast.com. Visit the Black Moods Into the Night page or just click the link in our show notes and vote for which one of the three of us you think got it right. Josh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Can't wait for you guys to get out to New Jersey so we can see a show live. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of Playlist Wars tonight. We're happy, fellas, anytime. This isn't the last time, I promise. Awesome. Check out the new album, Into the Night, Black Moods. Truly awesome. Brian, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I got to thank the playlisters. Vote on playlistwarspodcast.com. Check us out on patreon.com slash playlistwars. And join us next week when a new battle takes place on Playlist Wars. Good night, everybody. You can find Playlist Wars on Facebook and Twitter at Playlist Wars. On Instagram at Playlist Wars Podcast on email at playlistwars at gmail.com or via voicemail at 201-644-6498. That's 201-644-6498. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review and be sure to tell a friend or multiple friends about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>